Welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Cross Point Church in Ada, Oklahoma. Let's listen in to our pastor share what God is speaking to him today. Ephesians chapter 6. This is the scripture that we've been kind of working through several verses here. We skipped last week, of course, because we had 66 people who were baptized, by the way. But we're going to get started again. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all Not some, not one, not four, but all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Would you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask today that you would bring to my remembrance the things that you have spoken to me in preparation for this message today. I pray that you would give everyone in the room ears to hear, that our hearts would be softened to receive the word of God today. Holy Spirit, I ask that while I'm preaching, you would do what you do best as the teacher and connect the words that I'm saying right in the middle of the lives that we are all living. Help us to leave here with an understanding that we didn't have when we came in the door. Help us to leave on a higher plane, more prepared, ready to move forward, ready to use the armor that you've given us. Help us to leave here empowered to move forward in our walk with you. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. You can be reseated. The shield of faith is where we've arrived. We started with the belt of truth. We talked about that. We went from there to the breastplate of righteousness. From there we went to the shoes of peace. And now we land on the shield of faith. I love going back into the original looking at the original language to pull out some of the meaning in the words that we read because sometimes the English translation from Greek, what happens is meaning is lost. This is a good example of meaning being lost. The Roman soldier uh, had two types of shields in his arsenal of weapons that he had. The Apostle Paul probably was chained up next to a Roman soldier when he wrote this Ephesians uh, letter. There's a good chance he's looking at this soldier and he's looking at his armor and the Lord gives him a revelation of what God has done for us to win the battles that we're going to face. And so as the Apostle Paul is looking at the Roman soldier, he talks about a shield being a shield of faith. One of the shields that the Roman soldier had looked like the shield that Captain America would have. You you know who Captain America is, the round shield, maybe 32, 36 inches in diameter, real easy to move around. That's not the shield we're talking about. 
The Roman soldier had a shield like that, but he rarely used it in battle. He typically carried that shield when he was in a parade through a city or whenever he was not in battle because it was light and he could carry it. The shield that I'm talking about, in the Greek, the word is T-H-U-R-E-O-S, thureos, thureos. It's the same word used to describe a door. The shield that the Apostle Paul says is our shield of faith is door-shaped. It would have covered the Roman soldier completely. He could get completely behind it. It covered all of him so that there was no part of him exposed to danger. Now today we're going to continue talking about faith. And we're going to try to bring some light into that discussion so that you leave here understanding and maybe being encouraged about just where you stand and where your faith stands and what's been made available to you. Romans chapter 12. If you have your Bible, turn to Romans chapter 12, or of course you can follow along on the screen. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 Same writer, this is the Apostle Paul, and he says this, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. As God has dealt to each one, one translation, uh, the King James says, to every man, This translation says a measure of faith. The King James Version says the measure of faith. Now, there's, there's, that's important. If we say a measure of faith, that means, well, this person got this much, this person got this much, this person got this much. And, and typically what happens is we find ourselves believing wrongly that This person got more faith than I got from God, so I guess God doesn't want me to X, Y, or Z. Does that make sense to you? But if we use the definite article, the, it means there's only one measure. A measure means there could be multiple. The measure means there's one. So to deal with this argument, you probably have never thought about this, but being a pastor and one who studies quite often, just part of, and being an English nerd as well, I noticed these things. And let's, let's go see if we can figure out what Jesus said about what measure of faith you've been given by him. Mark 11, chapter 22. As you're turning there, let's talk about the word measure. The word measure is we could say amount. That's another word. Like, let's, let's say that you are trying to figure out how much room you have. If you're going to put carpet down, you have to go in and find the measure of the room, right? If it's 10 by 20, then you know that you have to deal with 200 square feet. That's the measure of the room. That's what's available in terms of space in the room. It's what you have to work with. 
So what measure of faith have you and I been dealt? Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus deals with this head on. So Jesus answered them, verse 22 says, he's talking to his, his disciples and he says to them, I want you to have faith in God. He says that, have faith in God. Okay, well, what's that look like? He continues, verse 23, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever, is that a specific person? If I use the word whoever, who am I talking about? One person? Say it again. You are a whoever. Every person in this room is a whoever. So I like to read this scripture like this. Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, Chad... If you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe that those things you say will be done, you'll have whatever you say. The Lord Jesus talking to me, that's how I read that scripture. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. I want you to get what Jesus just did. He just said, have faith in God. Now, let me show you what that faith looks like. Let me show you the measure of faith that I've dealt to you. It's faith to move a mountain. Now, see, I can tell not many of you have mountain moving measures of faith because you're probably thinking, well, Pastor Chad, that's hyperbole. Come on. Nobody's going to. Okay, and that's fine. You can, you can do that. I'm not, I'm not against that. I'm just trying to read to you today from the red letters what Jesus said. How it hits you is between you and him. Where, where it lands, if you chew it up and spit it out, or if you let it bounce off your head and fall on the floor, that's up to you. I'm just reading what the book says. And the measure of faith given to you is mountain moving. That's pretty big, right? I don't, I am probably never going to need to move a mountain. But I know what I have available if I ever faced insurmountable circumstances. I know what I was given, what was made available to me. Now, whether or not I ever experience it, that doesn't matter. I don't want to dumb down what was given to me because my little mind can't think as big as Jesus. I am so glad I, my faith wasn't responsible for setting the standard for all the things that God wants to do. And you can't let your mind limit the possibilities when it comes to the faith you've been given in living out this life. Mountain, I still feel it. I still know. I still know right now. Some of you, you're not coming with me on this. And that's okay. It's all right, though. It's okay. It's all right. God has made available to you and I mountain moving measure of faith. All the faith that you and I need to run your race, to face and overcome adversity, and to finish the course has been made available to you. The shield of faith. 
that you were issued when you accepted Christ. See, when you accepted Christ, you were issued equipment. If you're going to be a part of what God is doing, he's going to equip you for what he assigned you to do. And he gave you those tools. We just read them off. The belt of truth we talked about, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of peace. And now here we are talking about the shield of faith. You were issued that. God doesn't need any armor. He gave it to you so that you could have it. And and, and watch, now watch. See, we miss this and we start thinking, well, Pastor Chad, the Lord, he must, he just, he just wants me to make it to heaven. And we know that here on this, this walk on, on earth, we're just going to struggle by and there's going to, okay, then why would he issue you armor? There's no need for armor in heaven. Armor is so that you can walk in victory while you're here. Armor tells me that there's going to be attacks and adversity. But armor also tells me that God said, hey, I got you on this. Take this, put it on, go take care of business. He gave you what was his. See, when you enlist in the military, you're not showing up with, you know, granddaddy's 410, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. Come on, you're not doing it. They're issuing you weapons. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. So here's the question. I can hear you asking this right now. Pastor Chad, if you're saying that I have all the faith that I need, why does it feel like I don't have any faith at all? After you accept Christ, you are not done. Your walk with God isn't from, isn't from the back pew to the altar. It's way longer than that. You stop by here to pick up your assignment and your armor. Then from here, you go out and you go make a difference. You become a godly man who leads your home, who raises your children, who is a husband to your wife. You, you go out and become a woman of God, someone who impacts the community, someone who leads other women, raises daughters and granddaughters. That's what you do. You become an overcomer more than a conqueror because we're wearing new godly armor. There is no reason that we should be getting our backsides whipped day in and day out. There's no reason for it. Now, I'm not telling you that somehow I'm there and somehow my life is perfect and every battle I've ever faced, I've won and I never have adverse. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you what the Bible is saying. We all have a journey to go on. We all are facing trials and tribulations and we're all learning how to use our armor. But we got to accept that God has given us more than enough to deal with whatever we're going to face. We have a shield of faith that covers us from head to toe. There's nothing that I'll ever face that will be uncovered if I'll use my shield in the way it was designed to be used. If you want to see all that God has come to pass in your life, there is post-altar action required. 
God issued you a shield of faith when you accepted Christ. But like any other weapon, it's no good if you never pick it up. It's no good if you never learn how to use it. In verse 11 of Ephesians chapter 6, I want to I just want to read a few things and show you that although you've been given access to all that you need, it's up to you to take possession of it and make it part of your life. Right now I have no money on me. I have no, I have no money in any of my pockets, nothing. If I had to pay 50 cents for, I don't even have, I'd have nothing. I've got lint and mint wrappers in my pockets right now. But I have access to money right now. I have access to it. It's in my, my bank. If I want that money, I have to go and take possession of it and apply it in my life. I, I I can't go buy something at, you know, I go down to Home Depot and say, I got money, man. Come on. Let me, can you just, I got money. They're going to, they're going to need to see it. I'm going to have to apply it to what I'm purchasing. You have been given access to the weaponry that you need, but just because you've been given access, you have to take responsibility to put it on and learn how to use it. Ephesians chapter six and verse 11 says this, Put on the whole armor of God. The subject in that sentence is understood to be you. You put on the armor of God. God's not putting on armor. He's not wearing it. He doesn't need it. It's for you. You put on the armor of God. You take up the whole armor of God. You gird your waist with truth. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. You shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel. You take the shield of faith. Mark chapter four, Jesus has something to say about this very thing. The statement that I'm going to use, I'm going to read verses 23 through 25. The shield of faith has been issued to you, but like any other weapon, it's no good if you never pick it up. Now watch, now watch. Verse 23, Mark chapter four. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Really, this word here doesn't mean, it's not talking about audio waves. It's talking about perception and understanding. If anyone has ears to hear, let him perceive what I'm about to say. Let, let him understand this. Take, verse 24, take heed what you hear. Focus on it. Take it serious. With the same measure you use, it, what you hear, and what you, what you hear is telling you, it will be measured back to you. Now, now this is a spiritual principle. With the same measure you use. Now, we already know the measure that Jesus used. We already know the measure that we were given. Mountain moving faith has been made available to you and I. 
But Jesus said, according to the measure you use. Isn't it interesting? And to me, it's a little overwhelming to think that if I measure what God is saying to me this much, what I get back from what God is saying to me is this much. I set, I set the amount that's available to me. Even though Jesus said the amount of faith that was dealt to you, Chad, was mountain moving faith, I might say, well, I understand that, but I can only see myself as having speed bump faith. So guess what I get to live with? Speed bump faith. According to the measure you use, you have your weapons, they're issued. I, I, in my mind, when I was putting this message together, I was just picturing in, in the spirit, like what happens whenever I accepted Christ. I accept Christ and angels go to work. They're like, all right, let's get something that fits him. He's a little, he's short and wide. We're gonna have to get, a shield that's going to cover him. Let's get it for him. Let's get the breastplate of righteousness righteousness for him. He wears about a size 11. Let's get him some shoes. And and they're laying all this stuff out and it's just laid out. And then I, I'm supposed to come into the room and I'm supposed, I'm supposed to pick it all up and I'm supposed to take it home and I'm supposed to figure out based on the manual for it, how this stuff works. Oh, but well, but I really, one, I don't like to read, number one. And I got a job. I've got kids. And it is now, it's now baseball season's coming up. And so we, I got to practice. I'm not against sports. We got to go and we got the, the in-laws are coming and I bought this new boat. And so I got to work a little extra. So I don't have time to read the manual. So what I'm going to do is when something bad happens and I don't have the tools to deal with it, I'm not going to blame myself for not learning. I'm going to blame God and say, he has a higher purpose. Well, maybe he was just trying to teach me something. Yeah, he was trying to teach you something. Yeah, you're right. But Pastor Chad is supposed to be the pastor who's reading the Bible and studying and and then he's supposed to tell us about it. You know what I'm doing up here? I'm chewing up food and then I'm, I'm then taking the food I've chewed up and I'm feeding it to you. That's what's happening. You're not having to chew a lot on this. I already chewed it for you. That's okay though. That's not a problem. But you, what you need to do now is you need to go and you need to chew on the word and learn how to use the weapons that you've been given. See, it's according to the measure 
you use, the importance you place upon it, the amount of time and effort that you put in to learn how to use the weapons you've been given is the amount of impact those weapons will have on your life. If you've never picked up the shield of faith, I can guarantee you, you're not going to know how to use it. Our weapons are only as good as the time and effort we've put into learning how to use them. There's pianos up here and usually, you know, we've got guitars and, and bass and drums and all this stuff out here. And if I were to go over to this piano and, you know, sit down and try to, I don't play piano. I play guitar, but I don't play piano. If I was to sit down over here on this piano and, and start trying to play, you would not like the sound. Because you can tell how I'm doing this right here. This is not how you play piano. But it's, but it's what I know. If I was to do that, watch. What, what the impact the piano has on the listener is a function of my ability, not the piano's. Now, we have other people here who could sit down on that piano and they could play something that would, you know, just totally impact you. It would be a function of their time, effort, energy that they put into it. It's not the piano that changes, but it's the person who has taken the time to learn how to use the piano that makes a difference. The shield of faith that you've been given can weather any storm that you face. It can deal with any mountain in front of you. That's not the issue. The issue is, why haven't you picked it up? To say I don't have faith is not a true statement. If you have access to the word of God, you have access to faith. The question is not, do you have faith? The question is, what have you done with the faith you have? The scripture tells us that faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the word of God. I have everything I need to hear. All things, uh, the Bible says, pertaining to life and godliness has been given to me. It's, av- it's available. The measure is available. But what have I done with that? First Timothy chapter one warns us about what happens when we neglect our armor. Paul talking to Timothy, a young man, a young pastor, he says this, verse 18 of 1 Timothy chapter one. This charge I, or this charge I commit to you. This, I commit to you this charge, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Now, now notice this. If you can wage a good warfare, then you can also wage a... See, we mistakenly think that God is somehow going to make sure that during this life that we all exit on the same level. 
having accomplished the same things for the kingdom. If he's telling Timothy, I need you to hang on to what the word of God said to you, because if you do, it's going to help you wage a good war. It means if we don't hold on to the things that God has spoken to us, then we will wage a bad war. Now watch what he says. He says, to do this, you need to having faith, verse 19, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith They've suffered shipwreck. This word rejected means to cast away or push to the side because it's not important. It's not important. See, what happens when we neglect to learn how to deal with what God gave us to live this life just like a ship that runs up onto the rocks, when we hit adversity and things that we didn't expect, instead of weathering the storm, we break apart. There are things in this life that you are going to face that don't have to break you. I'm not trying to make light of the things that we all face because they are big they're challenging and they're heartbreaking. I'm not, I'm not trying to make light of that. I'm just saying that you are going to run aground at some point in your walk with God. There's going to be an iceberg that you didn't see. And it doesn't have to rip the whole of your ship completely out. But if you've neglected dealing with your armor in the right way, it will wreck you. And you could have a faith crisis. pushed aside, cast away. I don't have time for that. I, I, I believe in the good Lord, but I'm going to leave the Bible study to the preacher. I'm going to, leave, I'm going to uh, to the kind of the fanat, the fanatics. You, you know, the woman on the third row who, when she, she does the praise hands and they go like this and worship her. Oh, some of you have thought that and said that for sure. That's just not, you know, that's not for me. The Bible stuff, reading the Bible, I'm not going to, I don't really, and I, I'm okay with that. I'm not saying you can't do that. I'm just trying to lay out what happens when you do that. I'm not saying you have to have praise hands. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, be careful not to say that couldn't be, that's not me. Be careful to say, Pastor Chad, I, I couldn't, I just don't understand. Be careful to say that, not to say that, okay? That's what I'm saying. Be careful not to push it off on everybody else and then you leave yourself exposed because you never learned how to use what God gave you to use because there are other things way more important. Now, we all struggle in this. We all struggle with managing our time and studying the word. Uh, a few years back, I was mowing my grass, hot day. I had about five acres I had to mow. And it was that time of year where the grass wasn't growing anymore. It was just brown. It's just so hot. And so I'm mowing and I, I finally get done and I'm so hot. 
I'm just going to go jump in the pool. And so I had on my work boots and I took them off and I set them just by the bench, we, this bench we had by the pool. And I just dove right in the pool. You know, I was covered head to toe in grass and it felt so good, you know. And, uh, and so went about my day and, and uh, but I, I left my boots out there, my good uh, work boots. And, and I totally forgot about them. And uh, I don't know how long went by, but a long time went by. And it had rained on them. And then the sun had, had beat down on them. And, and when I went back out and finally realized that I'd forgotten them, it had been, it had been a long time, you know, weeks. And I went and picked them up and it was like they were just like solid. They didn't move. They were just, it just I couldn't even put my foot in them. It's like they were just frozen. So that's what happens to leather. You ever, you ever experienced that? Like when you leave leather out like that and you don't handle it right, all the natural oils in the leather, they go out of the leather. And what happens? It hardens. Like it, it won't move. Work gloves. If you've ever had some leather work gloves, you know, you're out, you leave it outside, you come back later and it's, you try to put your hand in there and it just won't move. The oils in that leather are responsible for keeping it flexible. And so these boots, I, I'd remembered years ago when I was young, my, when I would get a baseball glove, my dad would take uh, mink oil. And he, that's what we use. That's, there's all types of things you can do, but he always used mink oil. And he went through this whole process, you know, I don't, it was handed down from general, I don't know. You know, no, you can't do that. You got to put this size ball and you got to wrap it four times and you got to, you know, it's the whole deal. Well, that glove by the end of it, this process was just like, you know, it was, I could put my hand in it and just move and it was great, you know? So I remembered that. So I went and bought some mink oil and I started, I started rubbing it into my boots and they were still hard as a rock when I was doing that. So I did it and I coated them in it. And then I let them sit overnight, came back the next day. I did, I did the same thing again. I, I couldn't lace them up. I couldn't get my foot in them. They were so rock solid. But about four days went by, man, I kept doing it. And they were, they were back to normal. They, they were like, just like brand new boots. The, the reason I'm telling you that story is because the shield of the Roman soldier, the one that we've been talking about this whole time, your, that we use as an example for your shield of faith, that shield, the way it was constructed was a wood framework that was overlaid with between six and eight layers of leather, of animal hides. They would stretch it tight and then they would tack it around the edge. And then they, they put a band around it that sealed it all together. And I mean, it's amazing how tough leather is. Just, just think about animal hide. And so there's these six to eight layers on there. And that shield, I mean, it became really like it was steel. And that was how the Roman soldier's shield was constructed. But there was a problem because if that Roman soldier left that shield out and those natural oils began to leach out of the leather, what was once able to keep its form and absorb blows would begin to dry, become brittle, and eventually crack. 
So every morning, the Roman soldier would have to get up and he had a little container of oil. And he would take that oil and he would treat the leather on his shield. He would work that oil into the leather every single day. He knew he had to do that because if his shield got to where it was dry, brittle, and would break, his life is in danger. If he pushed it aside and said, oh man, I don't have time. I got to make it down to the army today. All the guys are going to be playing ping pong after training. I don't have time to mess with my shield. He couldn't afford to do that. He couldn't push it aside because it wasn't important. Because he knew just how important it was. Like oiling my boots, the Roman soldier had to take care of his shield. In John 14, Jesus tells us about the Holy Spirit and his role in our life. In verse 16, he says, I'm going to pray to the Father, and he's going to give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him and he dwells with you, but he will be in you. Verse 26 says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. This word teach means to impart knowledge. It means to transfer information from one person to the next. It means to add what is missing. That's the Holy Spirit's job in our life, to impart knowledge into our lives, to transfer information through teaching into our lives, to add what is missing. That's what teaching does, and that's the job of the Holy Spirit. Now watch. Now look at 1 John chapter 2. Last few scriptures. As for you, verse 27 says, the anointing you received from him remains in you. This anointing is talking about the teaching of the Holy Spirit. The teaching of the Holy Spirit, which you received from him, remains in you, and you don't know, need anyone to teach you. It's already available for you because it's in you, because that's why he came, to impart into you, to transfer information into you, to add to you what is missing. That's his job, the scripture says. But as his anointing teaches, as his anointing imparts, transfers, and adds to what is missing for you about all things, and as this anointing is real, it's not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Watch, the word anoint from which this anointing is talking about, the teaching of the Holy Spirit, the word anoint means to rub on, to smear, over, it's what I did to my boots. 
I anointed my boots with mink oil. Watch. I imparted into that dry cracked leather. I transferred something, oil, into that dry cracked leather. I added to that dry cracked leather what was missing. If you don't spend time in the word of God and allow the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the teaching of the Holy Spirit to impart into you an understanding of the word of God, your faith becomes brittle. It dries out and it cracks if you've pushed it aside and said, I don't have time. You have all the faith. That's not the question. But have you taken care of the weaponry that you've been given? Oh, trust me, it'll get dry and brittle. You have to take care of it. See, that's post-altar action. You have to do something. You have to put on the armor. You have to learn how to use it. You have to take care of it. You don't get to just say, well, I go to church. There's more to it than that. If you want to experience what it is to be more than a conqueror. And I'm telling you, that's what God has promised you. When we take time to meditate on the scripture, the Holy Spirit begins to teach, impart, transfer, add what is missing in us in terms of our understanding of the word of God. His words become alive in us, penetrating deep within our being. So that something 10 years ago that might have taken us out, now I'm stronger in faith and it doesn't knock me off course. Joshua 1.8 tells us that this book of the law shall not depart from our mouth, but we should meditate in it day and night and observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then when we meditate and do, we will make our way prosperous and we will have good success. If I meditate, the promise is, if I meditate and do what the word says, the promise is God will make my way prosperous and I'll have good success. If I decide not to meditate and do what the word of God says, push my shield of faith aside, my way will not be prosperous and I will not have good success. The word meditate means to chew. That's what it means. It means to allow all of the nutrients to be broken down so as to easily be transferred It's the same word used to describe a cow chewing its cud. Meditate. Let the Holy Spirit add to those areas in your life where your faith might seem weak to anoint your shield of faith so that it's not dry, cracked, and brittle. 
It's there, it's available. It might just need to be renewed. Stand up if you would this morning. Do not be conformed to this world. The apostle Paul writes in chapter 12 and verse two, just the scripture right before the, we talked about being dealt the measure of faith. But be transformed, he says, by the renewing of your mind so that you're able or so that you may prove what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. Watch, if renewing your mind means that you will prove the good, acceptable and perfect will of God, if you don't take time to renew your mind, you will not prove what is the good, acceptable and perfect will of God. I want the will of God to be manifested in my life. I don't wanna miss the will of God. To not miss the will of God, I have to renew my mind to make sure that I'm ready to move forward. Like oil on an old boot, the Holy Spirit wants to work the word of God into your lives like oil until it becomes part of you, renewing our faith each and every day. Would you bow your heads this morning? I think that the thought of shipwrecked faith was it's really what I felt like the Holy Spirit had put just on my heart to address and the fact that there are many of us who maybe have faced issues in our life and it has, it has maybe wrecked our faith. Not that we don't have any, but it's, it's really da- it's damaged us a little bit. And we felt like, oh man, I, I, thought, I, thought that this, I thought that this marriage was gonna last. I thought we were doing it right. I thought we were, and then it, and we prayed about it and we went to counseling and we did all this stuff, but it, it just, or I thought my husband was gonna change or my wife. And it just, you know, you're just in that place where it feels like, I, Lord, I just don't know what's going on here. And I feel like it's, It's impacted me in a negative way in how I see you even. And that can get ugly quick. It can get to where we, we, there's a gap between us and God and we, we just get in a bad way. And I wanna, I wanna speak to you this morning. If that's you, I just wanna say this the same shield of faith that you were issued when you accepted Christ, that mountain moving measure of faith, it's still there. It might just be tucked off in a corner. It might be dry and cracked, but what you can do is you can anoint it by allowing the Holy Spirit to remind you that he never left you. Let him bring back to your remembrance the fact that I've already taken care of you in every way possible. You just don't know that. Can you, can you bow your heads for just a minute? No one looking around, please, just because this is, a, this is kind of a personal thing here. I, I don't want to embarrass anybody. I just, what I really want to do is see, I, I know... I know this message is for somebody today and I just 
want to pray for you. If you're here and you've had, say, Pastor Chad, when you said shipwrecked faith, dry, cracked, and brittle, I I know that, that, that rang on the inside of me. Just so I can see you. Can I just see your hand real quick? I just want to look and see where you are. Okay, thank you. Just a ship. Yeah, I see you. Thank you. You can put them down. Thank you. Gotcha. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Let me tell you what happened today real quick. If you've ever said to yourself, I've never heard God speak to me, you can't say that anymore. There's no way in the world I knew you were going to be here. There's no way in the world that I, I had no idea about your life, but God did. And I'm telling you, you heard from God today. And you know what he's saying to you? He's saying, I haven't left you. If you'll just return back, get in the word of God, allow the Holy Spirit to open up and work on you. I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna take care of you. All is not lost. I'm working on something behind the scenes. You can't see it right now. Let me finish. Let me finish what I started. Let me finish. Don't get anxious. That shield is going to hold up. If you'll take care of it, it'll hold up to anything that's coming your way. Anything you felt like you could never get through. Any life change that you felt like, I can't make it. I feel like the Lord is saying that shield of faith will hold up if you'll continue to hold it in front of you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work you're doing. We thank you. We ask for your help this morning. We ask for your wisdom this morning. Lord, I pray that you would add to right now all that's missing in every cracked shield in this room. We just ask that you would do a work right now. Right now. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermons podcast of Cross Point Church in Ada, Oklahoma. If you would like more info on Cross Point, check us out online at crosspointada.com.